What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. We've got a great show for you today. We have myself, we have Kevin, but we have a special guest the entire show, John Jansen from Fox PHL Gambler. We're going to get into Bryce's 300th. We're going to get into Craig Kimball maybe not being the closer anytime soon. Howard Eskin calls out Crossing Broad. Can Ben Simmons return? Aaron Sipos versus Matt Arraza. The Eagles cuts all of it. Let's bring on two guys today. Kinker, Jansen. Wow, that was nice because you guys came in. I was in the middle. <laughs> slide on in. Yeah. Craig actually that. makes smooth crossing broadcast yeah. here. Well, smooth. Craig makes like two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, so like that's what he should be coming up with. Yeah, you get, like you get paid that much being, you know, not behind the camera, not in front of it. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he he produces for for twenty to twenty five people locally. Um, it's good to be in the media right now, right, Kev? Well, middle management is where the money is. Cause you got to do all the administrative bullshit and all that stuff. You guys do most of the fun stuff. I got to answer the emails and fun? figure oh. out why the apostrophes aren't showing up correctly on the website. You know, but, Vegas uh, trips aren't that fun. You know, no, I'm great though, man. I got the Mountaineer jersey hanging up back there, ready for week one. I'm ready to get absolutely plastered by Penn State in Happy Valley. Uh, we're a minus 20.5 underdog on the road, so that should be good. I got my 94 WYSP cup here. Um, <laughs> tomorrow's Friday. It's great. Our college football coming up. I love. I know Jansen is a college football guy, too. I See, I like having Jansen on because Jansen is just a like a sportsman, you know? He'll watch yeah. anything. Like you and Tammy, yeah, like a, he'll even watch the Minutemen of UMass. Exactly. Like the gambler guys are just sportsmen. They will watch whatever is on television at any time. I can always count on Joe Tanzi if it's like midnight here. He's watching like, uh, you know, Washington versus Boise State, you know, or <laughs> he'll be watching Hawaii Denver. Stanford. He'll be Hawaii watching Stanford, Fresno. Fresno is a good one, I think. Too. Yeah, great one. Yeah. Who are you guys playing? You're, you're ECU Pirates. Who do you got coming up? Oh, 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 we're taking on the Michigan Wolverines in the big house week one. So it's a new quarterback, a new group of wide receivers, a new running back, and they get to take on Michigan week one. Oh, so man. it's going to be great. It's going to be what's, awesome. What's the line on that one? How, how that many? was It opened at 37. I think it's gone down since Harbaugh has been suspended to like 35 and a half, 36. So the line's moving down. My two favorite bets, though, this week are actually going to be Penn State and Michigan. I love both of those those teams this week. Sorry, Kevin. No, I was trying to figure out how to make money off of it because my gambling philosophy is like, how do I guarantee a, a win? You know, <laughs> like I, I, I can either make money or we can win. Right. But we're a minus uh, we're a plus 850 dog. There's like no value on Penn State. I was like, I was getting ready to pull the trigger on like 500 on Penn State, but it would only, it would win me like 550. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't even look at West Virginia unless it was at 10 to 1 or something like that. It needs to be much higher because Penn State, I, I don't even yeah. think Penn State's getting enough credit in this game, or at least West Virginia is not looked at, I think, in the proper way because they are not going to be good this year. I'm, I'm freaking out because Penn State's like the sexy pick to win the national championship, and yeah, I love that Drew Aller guy. I love that running back they had. The defense is obviously going to be good like it is every year. I'm nervous. As a as I don't root for Temple football, I root against Penn State football. That's my season. Until <laughs> until Temple in, in Vegas, a lot of those guys kept talking about Penn State over and over again. The the one team that was being brought up for national championship odds and sort of this dark horse. Even though I don't know if you consider Penn State a dark horse anymore, but just one of those outside of the box teams that uh, you know outside of Alabama, Clemson, all of those usuals. Penn yeah. State was one being brought up a lot, and people seem to really like them, which now, I do. Hey, now, Pagan, are you are you gonna cheer for for Matt Rule tonight? <laughs> oh, that's a uh, great question. I will. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have yeah. no ill will towards Matt Rule. Yeah. Um, he left when he should have left. I understand that we're a stepping stone program, but is Nebraska a volleyball school now? People are wondering that. <laughs> yeah, me convinced. Ninety thousand showed up to the volleyball. women's volleyball game last night. 90,000 people to watch women's volleyball and Scotty McCreary throw on a concert after it. So yeah. that's uh, I get that's a tough look. I, I get. um, Yeah, I, I think that's the right philosophy, though. I mean, Matt rules a guy who did a lot for, for Temple football. I wouldn't I wouldn't harbor any like if you know, when he went to Baylor, it was the same thing there where you guys pulling for him. Did you want to see him do well mm -hmm. there? And yeah, with, same with him with Al Golden when he went to Miami. Yeah. Want yeah. to see him do well. Adazio, he can go fuck himself. Yeah, he just kind of seemed out. Of, I don't know. He oh, left in the middle of the night to go coach Boston College. That went yeah, well. That went very well for him. 
Yeah. Not much of a thing. I, I you know, it's funny because I love this time of the year because I love when college football starts, but I also get kind of like bummed at the same time because I know that uh Philadelphia just doesn't just doesn't watch college it's football. Rude, I know like college and, football the same way, you know. Yeah, my perspective changed. I went to school down south, so my perspective completely changed. And I wasn't even at like a power big power five program. You know, I was at one of the mid-level ones, and still football down south is huge, even high school football. So that changed my perspective. And, you know, it, it shows kind of it's cult-like, but very fun. And you just don't get that here at all. The closest you get to it is, you know, people like to cheer for Penn State or either Notre Dame. And, you know, that's not really college football to be cheering for Notre Dame. Yeah, when the Penn State – I mean, I worked in the bar industry for like the first eight years out of college, man. I hated Penn State kids. I hated them. We're bad tippers. They were terrible. They never, they never knew the game. Like a lot of like the kids like that came to the bar never knew the game just shouting at the TV when should be shouting at the TV when there's an obvious yeah. hold. And I feel like Philadelphia is only Penn State fans during Labor Day weekend because there's not NFL on, so it's like the next closest thing is Penn State and Akron on Labor Day, and then you can move on from that and not and forget about Penn State for the rest of the year. That's Unless they're good, football. then they come out Unless of the woodwork. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like Notre Dame in the Northeast, Philly. It's like once Notre Dame is good, it's like oh here let me show the calf tattoo that I've had since 1986. <laughs> Yeah. My grandfather was a Notre Dame fan for no reason other than that they were on TV and because he was Irish. Or he was yeah, yeah. My my family is a Catholic household. So yeah, my uh, yeah. my family my mom wanted me to go to Penn State very badly and I went to the opposite and went to a huge party school in North Carolina. So But I, I don't, here's, here's my thing. Not to go off on a crazy tantrum on this though, but like if you are like a Mormon or the, what? What are uh, what are they? We call them now Latter Day, the Church of Latter Day Saints. Like, are you like a, is are you obliged to root for BYU? You're coming at me with religious knowledge. You, you, right you, now, Kevin. Yeah, you root for you root for the Utah Utes against Florida tonight, and then yeah. you root for uh, and if they suck, then you root for Utah State, and if they suck, then you root for BYU. Well, I don't think any BYU people are rooting for uh, for Utah, right? I don't know. They, I, I don't no. get the Notre Dame. The Notre Dame thing just always seemed weird to me. It felt, it felt like Dallas. Like I wrote a column a couple of years ago mm-hmm. saying, like if we, if um, we rip Dallas Cowboys fans who are from this area, grew up in this area, who have nothing to do with Texas or whatever, then why do Notre Dame fans get a free? It's pick? the same thing. It's the right? same thing. And the answer really was like, well, there, there's no other local team to give a shit about, right? If you if Penn State was in Philadelphia and Temple was in Happy Valley. And you had a legit local program here, but people were going on the Notre Dame bandwagon instead. Then you could make that same argument that we have about like the cockroach Cowboys fans here. But it sounds like the Notre Dame fans kind of fly under the radar. But we criticize the same thing that we criticize the Cowboys fans for is the same thing we'd criticize the Notre Dame fans for. You know, I just think the only difference is there's a vacuum there because there's no other like bona fide like de facto local college football. Yeah, program. and I especially hate Temple. Fuck the Kurt Warner family. I don't oh yeah, that. Kurt Warner yeah. put John Jansen in a body right bag. <laughs> a body bag last well, year. You didn't help. You're like, oh, Jansen, a coward. Once Kurt Warner starts getting in his uh, getting in his mentions, he just cowers away. I'm like, well, well I mean, you're probably right. You know, I'm, I'm your not point. quarterback evaluations. You know, you said your point, and then EJ Warner went out and threw for 500 yards like the next three games, and it was like, okay, John Jansen, once again, terrible, terrible, terrible yeah. uh, quarterback. My, my quarterback analysis Pittsburgh. isn't great. It's not the best, I would yeah. say. EJ also, Warner, Jalen Hurts, you folded right. like a cheap suit. Once Kurt Warner said something, you know, I was also multiple beers deep. My school, it, it was good that year, was getting beat by Temple at the time. I was not, I was not having fun. I was yes, in a spin there. I was not having fun. Best it's game a- on, best game on tonight, by the way. And thank you guys for obliging me on some college football talk to start it off. Florida, oh, at, Florida at Utah tonight, and uh, <laughs> Nebraska, Minnesota. And there's not a lot of great games on this weekend. Um, Georgia have, and Alabama me- have cupcakes. Let me throw you out this stat, and John, you'll probably you'll probably like this too. Florida hasn't traveled outside the state of yes. Florida for a non-conference game in thirty years. Yeah, I think I saw the video of the last one. It was uh, Syracuse, I think, in like '91. Yeah. They did, which is that seems impossible to me. How do you not have a non-conference game outside of Florida in thirty something years? That's I've never I've never heard or seen anything like that. Did you um, did you um, I did a story actually like a year ago. Do you remember when Devontae Smith came out and he talked about like playing in the cold or whatever? Yeah, Uh, there was the big video of him wearing a huge jacket. Right. I mean, he's only like 170 pounds. Right. So, of course, he's probably cold. But I went to Jacksonville game and it wasn't even that cold out. Something like that. Uh, No, the Jacksonville game. Someone say some say the Jacksonville game was colder than the snowball when Shady ran. Really? Yeah, that doesn't seem possible. It wasn't. It it was 40 degrees. Freezing rain. 
Go ahead. But I looked, I looked at Devonte Smith's entire game log at Alabama, and you know the you know, take a guess at how far and what was the furthest north that he played? Texas A and M. Further north. <laughs> uh, My geography's so bad. I think that's south. Dan, south of Andy. Alabama. I don't know. Maybe maybe Craig can pull up the map. I'm not sure which is further north, but Columbia, Missouri, or Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, oh gosh, he did not play a single game above the Mason Dixon line because Bama was playing their SEC schedule. The furthest the, the furthest North SEC team I think is Kentucky, and um, you know otherwise they were going they're playing they played a lot of those like neutral site like um, Atlanta games against other teams. <laughs> I love how we're bringing up the map, boy. Okay, so now hey, this is two hundred. This is quarter of a million dollars right here. Baby. This is where he makes his money right he's here. He's Columbia right too, uh, yeah. but like he's trying to find the right one. Let's see. No, 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 not South Carolina, Columbia, uh, Missouri. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now you got to dock his pay. <laughs> Damn it, Craig. <laughs> There's two Columbias in the SEC. Yeah. Oh, oh, Missouri. Okay, Missouri. Yes. Okay. yes. So the, the furthest, north, the furthest north that he played uh, in his entire career was Columbia, Missouri, which I think, if my eyes are timing correctly, is below the Mason Dixon line. Yes. I'm Why do you think Missouri was farther west than it I, is? That's Dude, my geography is Terrible. so bad. I yeah. thought Georgia was like next to Alabama. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. I was like, that's why the Florida Georgia line. Because yeah, they were, yeah. <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> thought like Georgia was next to Texas and like all the way over there west. Yeah. I think Where I really got out on a geography in fifth grade because I got that wrong. It's like, what does Georgia, Georgia border? Kyle probably thought Florida Georgia line was was about betting about gambling. <laughs> betting yeah. the Florida Georgia line. Yeah, what is this spread in this? <laughs> By the way, there's nothing. Oh. If you ever been to that part of Georgia, there's absolutely fucking nothing down there. There's you get to like uh, Valdosta, and then like that like area where you get into like the Panhandle of Florida. There's it makes uh, makes Pennsylvania look like like the greater <laughs> film, like north yeah, failure or something yeah in terms of population but i i, I appreciate you guys uh doing college wow. football talk with me anything for you kev anything yeah. for you yeah, jansen man you were at the you're at a big game last night i was uh and it was it was hot i got sunburnt a little bit i haven't been out all summer and so i got sunburnt literally the last like friday or last wednesday of the summer do you want the but, little violin you you watched bryce harper's 300th home run I know, you watched I, Trey I, Turner. I watched it was it was fun i mean that, that was a that was electric. I mean, I haven't been able to experience the atmosphere at Citizens Bank Park yet while this homestand has been going on. And, you know, we're ready. I mean, this this city, once they get behind a team like that, it's fun. It took a while last year. It's not. I mean, it's there. And it, it was amazing to see close to 40,000. I think it might have been over 40,000. I know it was a Wednesday afternoon, so it's tough. Yeah, but it was incredible. And then Bryce Harper, it's his 300th. And um, amazing to see that. And just the, the connection he has with the city. It's it's wild to see. I have not seen many like it. And it's probably, it's funny that we have two guys that connect to the city as well as Hertz and Harper do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's probably the best connection I've seen two players have at the same time with, with Phil. On, on two different ends of the spectrum too. Like yeah. Bryce Harper is like, he just panders, 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 panders. <laughs> but he's also like genuine when he does that. And I feel like people love Hertz because Hertz is just like nose to the grindstone, blue collar. Like you can see, you know, a guy who works really hard. Like people can relate to that stuff. It, it's just it's it's crazy to see that we have two guys right now just like that. Um, walk me through like the curtain call. I mean, it was it had to be amazing. I mean, he goes out there, he lifts his arms, he kisses the jersey and everything. You, yeah, had, that, you were right behind the home part. plate, right? Yeah, right behind home plate, Diamond Club. Don't want to uh, shout out to Fox. the gambler on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vegas trip and then Diamond Club. So I don't know what I'm doing right, but something's going right here. The gambler. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was it, it was amazing to see the, the kissing the jersey because again, it's just that love shown back to Philly, and it was a it was a very intentional gesture of this is you know this is the city he wants to do this for, you know he he hits his 300th home run and he's he's tributing it to the city, and that to me, uh, that to me I I think is special. Not many would make it about the the fans and the city themselves, but Bryce Harper always does, always finds a way to bring it back to that, and for him that gesture to me was was just fantastic. So where's he at right now? We put this poll up. I, I, Craig, if you can get it on Crossing Broad, we put the poll up. Like, where is Bryce Harper right now? We only had four versions. I want to do more, but we couldn't. We did, like, top one, top three, top five, top ten in terms of, like, a Philadelphia athlete, like, right now, all time. 
Is he top 10? Is he top 15? Is he top five, top 25? Where do you, where do you have him like, you know, off the top of your head? In terms of where he's at with the fan base or just overall production, things like when, that. When we go back, yeah. like right now, like right now, like, he, like people are saying like he could be on the Mount Rushmore of Phillies right now. Like right now, is he, is he up there with, you know, the Dawkinses, the, the Allen Iversons, the, the right. Well, yeah, Clark. we're talking about the Jason Kelsey's and, and stuff like that, that are more endearing themselves to the city than most athletes can. And I, I think, yes, I, I, I've not, cause there's, there's not many times a free agent that is getting paid this much money. Like how many times in, in Philadelphia's history, do you get the big free agent? First of all, you pay him all the money and then he ends up not only working out the contract because he's playing so well, but then he's the most loved player. Philadelphia doesn't like the guy that's making the money. Philadelphia doesn't like the guy that's at the top, the star. We like the, the grind, grind guys, the, the guys that are, you know, just making the roster, but then come up and overperform, even though they might not be that talented. This, this is different. I mean, this is a star through and through. He's one of the biggest faces in baseball. He's been one of the biggest faces in baseball since he was 16. And now he comes to a city and uh, I mean, it's just a perfect marriage of it. I, I don't think I've seen that much of a, a perfect marriage between athlete and city. And that to me, yeah, that's, that's Mount Rushmore stuff. That is, we're talking about the Dawkins and the Jason Kelsey's and I know baseball Philadelphia gets behind baseball, but it's always going to be the Eagles. And this guy is probably above a lot of Eagles right now, just because of, of the way he, I guess panders, but just genuinely connects with the city. But it's also him being just clutch. He's just got this weird ability. Like he, he's. I, I remember I read something about Joe Burrow. How like uh, a coach t- went up to Joe Burrow's uh, family because he was a psychologist or something like that. And they're like, Joe has serial killer tendencies, and it's it's a good thing because in pressure situations, his blood pressure does not rise and it does not fall. It stays the exact same. I would not be shocked if Bryce Harper has serial killer tendencies. If you actually had to do a study on him because yeah, it's, it's the Michael Jordan tendencies, you know, it's, it's Joe Burrows guys like that. And always trying to find an edge, you know, the, these guys at the top somehow find an edge. Bryce Harper's doing it with callers on a radio station, uh, but Joe Burrow did it. You know, they were selling tickets for a game that wasn't even settled yet because, you know, Buffalo had to win a playoff game, all that. It was required by the NFL to do that. And still Joe Burrow made that such a big stink, you know, get those refunds. I think he said after that game against Buffalo, just always trying to find that edge, that killer attitude. And he, Bryce Harper has that. And in major league baseball, that's tough because it's, it's hard to find that in a player. Uh, and, and it's hard to come up clutch in those moments because baseball is such a high variance sport. But yet Harper just has that that attitude, that mental edge that just not a lot have. And it's pretty, pretty wild to see that he comes up clutch almost all the time. What do you think, Kev? Where do you think uh, Bryce Harper sits in like Philly all-time athletes? Uh, sorry, I'm just laughing because Ford is in the chat Ford, saying it's a bad loss, but we're gonna kiss Harper's Harper's ass anyway. <laughs> have the vibes are the vibes too good at the ballpark that we're now not even worried about bad losses? You know? Have we Ford, has, 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 the vibes has, has the pendulum swung too far to the other side, you know? Ford, this team has some weird just leprechaun <laughs> magic around it. Okay. So just enjoy it, dude. They went 17 and nine in August. They just hit 59 home runs. Just enjoy the ride. They're going to the world series. The Braves are going to win a hundred and plus games. And I am not even afraid of the Braves because the magic is just it. Sometimes you just can't explain what's going on. Kev. Back to the Bra- the Braves, real quick too. If Braves fans found your, um, your oh, yeah. from the other day about the, about uh, the, the, uh, so they have cultural um, issues, which those are the best kinds of articles because they're kind of trolling, but they're also true. Like when you watch that video back and Acuna was out there, it took like 10 seconds for any teammate to kind of. I think get, it took longer. And they weren't they weren't exactly like hauling ass to get there. So all those people who were disputing it and they was sitting over responding with like still pictures of like the other teammates standing around. That was like 30 seconds after the thing happened. So I think uh, I think they're nervous, man. I think they know what's coming. I think they. uh <laughs> They're going in with a lot of uh, nervous energy, and they know that SEC football is about to start anyway, and they're about to to be an afterthought. <laughs> but to but to answer the question, yes, um, to, uh, you know, of, like of course, greatest is uh, is an arbitrary you know term. But I mean, when you combine Bryce's production as an actual player versus how how much he's ingratiated himself with the fan base and how he kind of fits this team, um, right up there, yeah, Chase. I mean, is he loved any more or any less than Chase Utley was? I mean, when you look back at that, the 2006 to 2013, whatever, 12 Phillies, who who was – there's a lot of great players there, but who who did who did the fans like – who resonated with the fan base in those? Like, it my was Utley, Utley and Hamels. It was Utley. 
Yeah. Other exactly. Kyle named his freaking kid after Chase Utley. It's true. Right. Um, and he wasn't the only one, but you know, so I mean, if I'm Just putting together, other Kyle, by the way, yeah, yeah, this, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, this Kyle and founder Kyle, and Kyle other Kyle, Kyle Scott, <laughs> the guy who who created this, so we can do it. Yeah. Um, it's BK and after AK, before <laughs> Kyle, before Kyle and after Kyle. Yeah, right, right. That's the Latin uh, terminology. But uh, who who else is there in Philly's lore that has that? That has the combination of the the moxie and the production. There's Chase Utley. There's Bryce Harper. Schmidt, Mike Schmidt, but I don't think people resonated really with Mike Schmidt the way that they no, did. And, and Utley too, like Ryan Howard was the face. If, if you ask nationally who was the face of that Philly team, it's Ryan Howard. And he's the one on the subway commercials. He's the one that's on all the yeah, yeah. commercials for all-star games, thing like that. It was Ryan Howard. He was the home run king and hit a yeah. bunch of home runs in a short span. And here's Chase Utley, who's not making as much money. He's a hustler. And I think the fans... If you were to ask fans in Philadelphia who was the face of those teams, it'd be Chase Utley. So that's why Bryce Harper, to me, is just it, – it's more remarkable because Philadelphia doesn't react to national stars like that. We don't we don't try and root for the guy making $330 million because he's a $330 million player. You better play like it. But not only does he play like it, but he acts like he's getting paid you know, the same salary as you know some of the guys in the middle of the lineup or the end of the lineup, which is remarkable. And, and yeah. fans react very well to that. There's a short list of guys who, I mean, look, you, you had to be a hundred years old to remember when uh, Robin Roberts pitched for the Phillies. You know what I mean? So it's in like, so you got Utley, Harper, the guys from the World Series team, Steve Carlton. You know, I mean, if you're talking about in terms of like registering, like kind of connecting, you know, I don't know if the 93 Phils are considered to be in the same. Like, did, did do Utley and Harper have the same? you know, allure that did, did we get behind those guys for the same reason we kind of that those two resonate with us? Like, I don't know. Like, like, would you extend it to that group of, uh, no, because I, I would say like this 2017, seven, the 2007 and 2008 Phillies are more like the 2022, 2023 Phillies than either team was like the 93 Phillies because yeah. that was just like a last place to first. And that just, that team just embodied Philadelphia. They were just a bunch of yeah. ragtag dudes. Like who, who's in the, who's in the hall from that team? Schilling's not in the hall. Crocs obviously not in the hall. Well, um, Schilling sh- should be. Should but, be, but he's not. Yeah. But like you think about it, like there's going to be Trey Turner's going to be in the hall. Bryce Harper's going to be in the hall. It's a good um, point. Yeah. Schwarbs, you could potentially make a case for if you want to get into like analytics and all this shit and everything that like uh, he gets on base and he mashes home runs and stuff. We don't know Let's what put Bryce Aaron is in the hall. Why not? Huh? It's anger some people. Aaron Nola is yeah. going to be in the hall. Zach Wheeler could be in the hall one day, depending on how his. Uh, his his career pans out and stuff like there there this is this is like if you want to say like this is the 93 team because they're just so much fun and the city is falling in love with them sure but they're the 93 team with way more talent way more have talent we, yeah have we have we seen a phillies team like this i mean they 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 spent i mean this is a team that's that's full of 100 million to 300 million dollar players and now you you get some guys like bryson Saad and alec bohm who come up from the farm system and these homegrown guys but this is this is essentially like the Yankees. You know, this is this is paying to win. But that's a great thing because you want an owner and you want an organization to try and win to spend as much money as you can to win. But when has Philadelphia had that? You know, when this when has Philly's been like that? This is the new Philadelphia Chris Hack was talking about. Yeah, this this does feel like the he was right. Chris Hack was right, by the way. I mean, that was the dumbest, like people had the dumbest overreaction to that thing on the planet, you know, because he used the term blue collar and they thought he was like Just- saying that electricians and carpenters were l- like lesser people or something. But, but all, all, all he was saying was that like, it's, it's not just blue collar. Like the guy who goes to the Sixers game is also like the rich lawyer, you true. know, with great, with the great hair. What's his name? Um, the guy with the white hair. Just, but, just bring back the damn black jerseys, please from 2001. Like stop playing with us. <laughs> I know. That's I was supposed to get Chris on this show too, but I forgot. Cause I think he was back here with the, uh, Aston Villa a couple weeks ago, and I just totally forgot about it. That's why I'm on the show. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the long show. reliever for you guys. I'm like the the guy who just needs to eat up innings. If you need somebody for a full show, that's, bring him in. I'm like your Christopher Sanchez, Michael and Lorenzen, yeah. an innings eater. Yeah, John Jansen is a digital uh, innings eater. <laughs> no, yeah, no, we like that's keep, we like to keep you like six months. Every six months, we'll we'll, we'll go to the bullpen with John Jansen. Yeah, Jansen is right. a regular. He's a friend of the program at this point, mm-hmm. like Governor Shapiro, right? So, yeah. um, you know, we'll get oh, wow. uh, we'll get Jansen uh, on with regularity. Friend yeah. of the program, yeah. yeah, big friend of the program. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, but that's it's funny. It's actually there's probably a a, a larger 
parallel to draw there between what you're seeing with the the Phillies this year and the vibes and the Trey Turner ovation shit, which I think we finally got sorted, figured out who did it. Jack Fritz kind of popularized it. I saw some random tweets from fans uh, back in July saying they should do it. Are you still trying to dig that up? Are you trying trying to to credit for it? Tweet something today about that. Everybody uh, trying to take crazy. take credit for it. It's like when you propose an idea and it doesn't work, you just pretend like it never yeah, happened. You know, Philly captains uh, trying to take credit for it as Cap- well. Oh, I think we got to get the captain and uh, Jack Fritz to talk it over. Put him in the same room here. We'll get him in a Scotch. We'll get him in Aaron Noel's Scotch circle, and we'll handle this. You two <laughs> dickheads, figure it out. You know, yeah. we'll have, we'll do it. I would love to see those two talk. Uh, Jack and the cat and the captain. Jack from Delco and the captain from from Broomall, just like try, both just trying to get a word in. Look, I was just to Ford's point because he thinks that we're ignoring that it was a bad loss yesterday. I think we can all agree that Nick Nurse mushed Kimbrel and just chalk it up as an L and you know take the L like I took the L on the Chuck for Mount Airy thing and we all move on and whatever. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like a, a loss that's piling on. I mean, this is a loss that was the second in a nine-game homestand. So it's, yeah, it's, it's not like they've been struggling. Like yeah, exactly. Really? Yes, and yeah. they didn't struggle in that game. You know, things just didn't go well with the bullpen. I mean, if you want to raise some concerns with the bullpen, I guess, but I'm not. I'm not entirely there yet. Yeah. What um, would you be open to a closer by committee kind of in the playoffs? Like you know, obviously Suarez closed a couple games. Dominguez yeah. closed a couple games. Um. I think Eflin even 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 closed a game or two last year in the playoffs. I'm just I'm worried about Campbell, 38 years old. I mean that arm, you know, that's a lot He's of hanging. A lot this year, yeah. it's a lot of hanging on that arm. I mean that, that at some point your shoulder is held together by dental floss, and it's it might not pan out. Yeah, I mean he's going to pitch probably the most innings he's had since he was with the Red Sox. You know, all the, all those years ago. It seems like, but yeah, that's that's a problem because he's had to pitch. I think it it always is going to be a bullpen by committee, uh, whether that is you know in the seventh inning, whatever high leverage situations, or in the closers role. But they've just been forced to because they're not going to have Jeff Hoffman. I know they tried with Jeff Hoffman in high leverage situations, but I think they've moved away from that. It's really been Kimbrel, and Kimbrel's the one eating up those innings late in the high leverage. I mean, he already has fifty seven innings pitched. That is by far the highest in the bullpen for the Phillies this year. The good thing is in September. And upcoming before the playoffs, you're probably going to have guys like Alvarado back. Dominguez is going to get more time, and that's going to help Kimbrel relax, get uh, get the pressure taken off of him, get innings taken off of him, and I think that's going to help. And you know, September is is for guys like Jeff Hoffman to just eat up as many innings because you're not using Hoffman in the playoffs as much. And you're if, if you're using Hoffman a lot in the playoffs, you're probably in a bad spot. You're going to be using Kimbrel a lot, Alvarado a lot, hopefully Dominguez if he can get going. But those are the guys that you're going to be using more. And you, I think, have to rest them as much as you can. You know, Alvarado, you pitch just to get some kind of rhythm going when he gets back. Same with Dominguez, just getting some kind of rhythm pitching. But for Kimbrell, it's all about rest. And I think he'll get that. Um, I just want to say Philly fan says he was catching up on 2X speed. The lawyer that whose name I couldn't remember is Tom Klein. Tom okay. Klein with the great white hair who sits next to the opponent's bench um, at every Sixers game. From Thank Klein Inspector. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, Ke- the editor of Kevin always comes out because like we'll be like on two points away from like what we just talked about. And I'm like, hey, can we just revert back three minutes? I do want to get uh, it right that that was Tom Klein. I don't want Tom Klein, who's obviously a listener of the show, to be disrespected. Yeah, yeah. The- there he goes. Everybody's seeing this. I just want to make sure we get it right. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's, that's, that's the editor in you. But yeah. I don't think I don't think Ford or Philly fan or any of the other guys are like, damn, I can't believe Kevin yeah. Kincaid did not get that time. How did you forget right? about Tom Klein? Yeah, exactly. That's a great head of lettuce. Good for him. Yeah, it really. He's is. got great hair. Yeah. I, he, his hair kind of looks like Edelman's, just a different color. You know, yeah. I, I would try to do that, but my hair is too curly. You know, I can't do it. I Who look like so? uh, I look crazy with long hair. I look like it just goes up and out. So you know. who is the trying to do like the heavy metal rocker hair before Kevin? Have you tried that look? The heavy metal hair? Yeah, yeah. yeah the long, I, just straight hair. You you tried that? Couldn't do it. Uh, my believe it or not, once just for shits and giggles, my wife tried straightening my hair just to see what it would, it would look like. I looked like some like emo guy, like uh, you know, like uh, like um, you know, like some look like you're the lead singer of like My Chemical Romance or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I looked like the the lead singer. You look like, like Pete like, Wentz. Like, 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 look at that! Look yeah. at him. That's a nice yeah. head of lettuce there. You Kev. do. You look like a European soccer player you there. Do. But I, I know it very well. You look like yeah. Puri, Pur, Pierzo, Parizo, the guy from Italy. <laughs> no, you, know, you know how I, look, I I have more product in there than Brandon Marsh than water on uh, Brandon Marsh <laughs> yeah. in there just to get it to look that way because normally you actually like, 
Is that more Michael Lorenzen than Marsh? Mm. That looks yeah, more Lorenzen. Yeah. Dude, you 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 have a an open flame next to that hair, man. You're going up. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot of chemicals. <laughs> that is like the trash yards in Northeast Philly. I just got to make sure I'm not in that blast week. radius when that happens. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, I'm just here for. Oh yeah, Pirlo. Andrea Pirlo. Pirlo. Yeah, I do kind of look like I am part Italian too. So I, I'll take that as a. As a compliment, yeah, which is why I'm also allowed to say Guido in stories that we write on the website because it's self-deprecating. It's not me making fun of other people. I'm making fun of our people. Am I allowed to say Guido? You're not. You're not Italian, right? No, but I could be. You can't say it. I'm allowed to say because I'm Italian. Those are the editorial rules in the Crossing Broad style book. If you're Polish, you can say Polak on the side, but if you're not, then it's offensive. I, I, I got check out Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. Yeah, Jansen. By the way, he was talking about the artist Jackson Pollock, and he thought the pronunciation of the last name was Pollock. Wait, Jackson, Jackson Pollock. I don't even, do I know who that is? The famous painter from Port Richmond. Yeah. Duh. Wait, he's from, he's from here? <laughs> no, Port Richmond is the Polish neighborhood. I have no idea who this yeah. person is. He's not from here? No, Jackson Pollock was a famous painter. He did the like splash. Oh, so he's not a sports guy? No, he. Oh, I mean, yes. He so you're talking about a major league baseball pitcher or something. No, I have no, no idea who this. If it's outside of sports, if it's outside of the sports realm, I don't. Yeah, did they don't cut? Did they cut the humanities program at Temple and East Carolina? Did you guys learn anything <laughs> about culture? Grow, no, grow I'm up? not. I'm not very cultured at all. <laughs> no, we had we had uh, we had English 101 8 a.m. and I got a C because I couldn't I couldn't show up to um, I couldn't show up to class on time. So every time you got docked, you know, the third or fourth one, you get half a letter grade off. So I got an A, but it ended up being a C because I just 8 a.m. and me just never got along. Oh, man. I think um, I, I think, yes, I, I just put a wrap on the police conversation by saying uh, they're playing really well. Uh, we do have some legitimate concerns about the pitching moving forward. And Nick Nurse mushed Kimbrel and we're uh, washing our hands. By the way, media native. So uh, if I ever see mm-hmm. if I ever see Nick Nurse at like the Townhouse or State Street Pub, I'll let you guys know. I'll All make right. sure to tell him how much we hate James Harden. I'll make sure. <laughs> Daryl Morey and uh, Woj just followed Daryl Morey on Twitter, so uh, I think they're uh, working in the DMs right now. If I'm, I hate, uh, if I'm I hate the NBA. I hate NBA reporting. I hate everything about it. Wow, like that—that that is a news story. That's a news story in the NBA. Adrian Wojnowski, yeah, Woj. I'm just going to say Woj. I always butcher his last name. But Woj following Maury, that's like a top headline story in the NBA. Always stuff like that. James Harden unfollowing somebody is the biggest story in the NBA. That is terrible. That is awful reporting. That's not reporting at all. I put the moratorium on the Sixers stories for the side peg and just decides to to like completely <laughs> ignore it anyway. And when I go look at Google Analytics two days later, the you know what the number one story on the top of the site was? At least for That's that funny. day. The way it was titled, Fuck the Moratorium. I've got some things to say about the Sixers. So, uh, but I mean, right to your point, man, it's like the that NBA slop does so well. I don't know it why. Does. It does. But that's like, all it is now, though. Yeah. It's it's nothing but all of that. Yeah, the slop's a good way to put it. If we had even, done the events from Woj and Shams, I don't, I don't take any stock into that. It's the only yeah. sport where two of the most premier reporters report something, and I go, I don't believe that until it actually happens. <laughs> if Schefter reports something, I am believing that. Now, he may word it poorly, and it may be in, in bad taste sometimes, but at least Schefter, if I know he's reporting something, it's happening. Or even Rapsport, who's not bad. It's better than Shams and Woj. It's stuff that's... Uh, they're putting out stuff that can be uh, proven one way or another, like demonstrably, right? Adam Schefter would say, uh, Jalen Rager is being waived by the Vikings, right? And then, okay, well, that came out, you know, officially, whatever, or, you know, didn't come out officially, but like we know that, okay, yes, they're going to waive him or not waive him or whatever, right? Woj will say some shit like, um, there have been conversations behind the scenes about, you know, working with so and so's representation, discussing the framework of a trade, you know, and that trade might include, you know, this person and this person, but then they end up trading him for somebody different. But how do I disprove Woj and say that they never discussed what he was talking about? 
You know what I'm saying? It's all this stuff that just kind of floats around out there. That's not, it's, that's not impure. Well, the James Harden thing is the best example of it because we've heard multiple reports back and forth between Harden is going to come back. He isn't going to come back. He wants to be traded to LA, but here's why he's not happy with the Sixers and what Daryl Morey lied about. It's just back and forth on, right. A bunch of things that could be true, but they're just throwing stuff out there. The same way an aggregated news site. I mean, the the same Mm -hmm. way any, any aggregate news site would just throw anything against the wall. That's NBA reporting now. You know, that's just it's any small rumor, any little thing, any um, you know, GM owner or agent says is going to be tossed out there immediately without a second thought to it. But it works. It does. I mean, it does. The NBA machine. I mean, it's it's a sport that shouldn't be all year round. But here we are talking about it, you know, as college football is about to start their week one and the NFL starts in a week. And here we are talking. Here's what I guarantee you that story that Mark Spears profile that he did about Ben Simmons with the big long thing with the quote about like, hey, I would be traded back to Philly, which was, was of course, is not him like asking to be traded back to Philly, but just talking about his experience there and how he's matured a little bit. We could have very easily concocted some bullshit headline that said Ben Simmons would return to the you know Sixers or whatever. And I guarantee you that would have ranked in Google and it would have been the number one story on the site for the entire week. 100%. Not even really an indictment on us, but just a, a representation of like what people are searching for and clicking on and the bullshit NBA stuff that works. Like, I, I hate to say it because it gets all that TMZ stuff, but I mean, TMZ is TMZ for a reason. NBA Central. Know? NBA like, Central. Yeah. Uh, the clutch yes. points. I mean, all those That's like, right. you know, aggregations. I've gotten duped by a few. NBA Central has, I guess, some other accounts that try yeah. and mimic it. And I've gotten caught a few times. And NBA That's why Central. I don't want to do anything NBA because every time I've caught a fake report, it's always been NBA. With the NFL, I can decipher which ones are fake or not. NBA, I can't. It's all the same. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens when uh, when Adam Silver has a investigation into a referee and the referee retires and then they're like, okay, investigation done. <laughs> yeah. That's the investigation. Yeah. He it's lets like- this stuff happen. Like, there's oh, yeah. no one who does not have more control of their league than Adam Silver. Adam Silver is just like, he doesn't know if he wants to be on the owner's side. He doesn't know if he wants to be on the player's side. So he just middlemans it and he lets all this shit just happen. And this is all his fault. David Stern was always pro owner, <laughs> pro owner. And, and he did get, he, he should have got crushed, you know, a lot of times, you know, obviously the Chris Paul trade, probably the one that I think of the most and stuff, but he always knew what side of he was on and it made it kind of, you know, a, a more watchable, more enjoyable product. I think the reality show of the NBA is the first year, maybe because we're just so in it all the time, that I'm just kind of getting sick and tired of of the NBA reality show. I do want to pull up one thing right here. Someone's going down at Eagles practice. And the reason being is Nick Nurse is at practice. <laughs> oh, no. Someone's going down, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. the, oh. the, the Eagles, I mean, the Sixers stink right now. It's just impenetrable. It's just unstoppable. Yeah, it's gonna be well, like he is. I forget who said. That. I think it was Sean and I were talking about this at the Phillies game. He's the one guy you can bring out there, though. He has mm-hmm. no attachment whatsoever to what's happened recently uh, with the second round exits and Ben Simmons. All he is far, far removed from all of it. So bring the face out that you can't really say, "Oh, it's your fault," because he hasn't done anything yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the one that's in good yeah. graces, I guess. When they put, I mean, you know how the one face out there, he's the guy to do it. You know how the marketing team gets together before every season and they're like, hey, who are we going to put on our promotional material now? Like normally it's like a hot up and coming player. Like the Flyers will put like, you know, Mishkov when he comes over here. Right. And, and, and like who are the Sixers putting on there? Nick, it's Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse and Max. So Nick Nurse, Max and B-Ball Paul. Those are Max and B-Ball Paul. Yes. There's three people on the Sixers who, who we are not fucking completely sick of by this point. I mean, isn't that isn't that the funny thing that the coach is like? When's the last time that you could say that a Sixers coach was the most liked person in the organization? It's been a while. Not Doc Rivers, not Brett Brown, not Larry Brown, not Larry Brown, not Doug Collins, not Mo Cheeks, (laughs) to Leo, not Eddie, uh, Eddie, what's his face? Eddie Jordan. Oh, God. (laughs) Who was the guy who was uh, who was the player coach back in the day? Was that Billy Cunningham? Who was the players' coach? He was the player coach back in the day. He played for the team, and he was the coach. I think well, it was Billy Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Cunningham. That's so. the last yeah. guy who's the, who's the coach. I was a face of the franchise. Yeah, a millennial and two Zoomers trying to talk about Billy Cunningham on the show here. You know, I'm like, I'm like the elder statesman, and I can't. Is there ever going to be a player coach again? Are we ever going to get that in sports? LeBron. I was thinking LeBron. Yeah. He would he have been the best candidate to do it. It happens in soccer, but not in American. Soccer's not a real sport. Okay, come on. Thank you. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jansen. Yeah. I just wanted to ignite that flame a little bit. <laughs> so moving it on to the next topic. <laughs> what do you got? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the uh, Eskin uh, criticized us on the radio. He went he went on with the uh, with Bonte Hill and uh, Joe Shasky mm-hmm. and ripped crossing broad on. I would I would say this like we I've ripped Howard more than anybody over the years, justifiably, I may add. But I would not go on with the San Francisco radio douchebags and criticize Howard on there. Let's at least keep it in house. Let's keep it within Philadelphia. I'm not going to go cry to Dallas. Are you King Howard Eskin? You know, I'm not going to go like say like uh, like let's keep our Philadelphia business in Philadelphia. You know, don't go run into the uh, these two uh, jabronis and that's just that's Howard Eskin being a company man. That's all it is. He is being a company man. Their station 95.7, the game out there is uh, the program director is Matt Nahagian, who was with 97.5 The Fanatic for a long time, and they're an Odyssey station now. So there's probably some synergy there, right? Let's get somebody. I'm sure it helps the ratings for both. I I imagine. Yeah, let's get let's get you know let's put three douchebags in front of a microphone and we'll. I will say the cowards, the cowards. They uh, 95.7 was on Radio Row in Circa where we were at, but they put them on the opposite side, so there was a whole whole thing between us. So they divided the Philadelphia and San Francisco station. The 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 Super Bowl Radio Row, you mean? No, it's uh, the Radio Row we were just at for Circa. Uh, They were there. Just, what is just that? Last uh, Circle was running the Survivor Contest million million uh, oh, okay. contest. Okay, and we were I out there. To ask, I was about to ask why were they at the Super Bowl? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, and that's that's like a general advice oh. I have, by the way, like because you were out there, Pagan. Like, did they have like random yeah. Den- Denver station at, at Radio Jet Row? Station, oh, yeah. Denver yeah. stations, Oakland yeah. Raiders stations. I'm like, what? What is me and Craig were like looking at? It, like, what is going on here? What? Yeah. What is? What is the point of, of spending thousands of dollars to send your guys yeah. there? I guess you get interviewed. Well, so you can have stuff, Stephen but- A. Smith go on your show and talk about Subway for 15 minutes. Yeah. You want, or Trevor Lawrence trying to, yeah. to hype you up on some new Gatorade product. That's why well, you, you find it. some, you find some, like it's what we used to do at eyewitness news all the time. Whatever happened anywhere in the world, it was like a running joke. Whatever happened anywhere in the world, we would find a local connection. It'd be like, there was like a, a flood in um, like, Moldova, right? Okay. So we would find the one fucking Moldovan who lived in the tri-state region and we would put a camera in their face and we'd put them on the news and be like, all right, we've, it's like, you know, we've localized this story, you know? This is morbid, but like it's like when a when a plane crashes in like Jakarta, Indonesia, you're supposed to be like, Oh man, all right. Two well, Americans on board. Two yeah. Americans on board. Like, all right, yeah. now I got now Fox News, now CNN. Now NBC's gotta report on it. I know it's pitiful, isn't it? There there could be like so pick some random if there was like a um you know, uh, like a forest fire in uh, you know, uh Greece. French, French Suriname, French Guiana, or something. We would find the one dude in Philly from French Guiana, and we would put that person on TV. It would be like <laughs> he got lost. Your life has just changed forever. Ago. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we talked to a local French Guinean, 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 and he told us, you know, about. It's just like I mean, so when they send those guys out to the like the radio around Super Bowl, it's like, well, you know, um, the Eagles are playing the Chiefs, and we found a, a Jets player who played for the chiefs 40 years ago yeah. you know and that's and they create these like fugazi connections to <laughs> whatever, it's like, whatever they can do to i don't know it's a jets radio and it's like mccall Hardman grew up in yonkers let's get him on the program because it's a yeah. jets radio <laughs> we used to do when i was at my like small bumblefuck station in augusta georgia you know there were no pro teams down there so you know what we talked about we talked about uh minor league baseball um, jonathan broxton was from there Right when he was getting oh, shelled, right. when he was getting shelled by the Phillies in the playoffs, it was like Broxton's gonna Augusta native Broxton's pitching for the Dodgers or whatever, and that's what we would have to do because there's no pro teams there, so you'd find the local story about the dude from you know uh, Aiken, South Carolina, and be like, well, they're playing for the you know the Jaguars now. That's I'm, exhausting. I, 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 I'm, I'm echoing <laughs> for some reason. Why is he echoing, Greg? What is going Craig, on? Craig, Quarter million dollars, dude. Um, do I have to respect him? Like, dude, like, like, whenever you hear about it, you know, when he says something about us and everything, or he says something about someone else, or he, or he goes after the Sixers arena and, you know, obviously ball washes the Eagles. Like, it's always like, well, you can hate him, but you got to respect him. Like, do I? Mm. 
Like, he doesn't inspire me any. Like, I'm not trying to be 37 years on sports talk radio. I'm not yeah, trying to I, be... Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm one guy that loves Cataldi because I I started doing radio because I would listen to Cataldi with my dad in the mornings. And, like, that that's the reason why I'm doing radio. So everybody, you know, has their opinion about him. But when he's on the Phillies broadcast, I'm seeing all these tweets of, oh, Cataldi, we, I thought we were done with him. I'm like, oh, it's great to see that guy again. You know, that's, that's the reason why I'm doing that. It's perfectly yeah. fine. I listened to Eskin with my father, and I absolutely hated Eskin when I was six. And I hate asking now when I'm 30 <laughs> years old. I can only imagine what you would be at six. You must have been a curmudgeon then, too. I was a bad kid. But I was the same way. Like, my dad used to have Eskin on all the time when we were driving to, like, Boyertown baseball practice or whatever. And, you know, a caller would call up and he'd call him a, a moron and tell him why they were wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so I, so I, the way that I separated out, this is what I did with Angelo, like, when I would write about him or when I did the last story when he retired or whatever. Like, <clears throat> I think you have to have a baseline respect for anybody who carves out that kind of career. Like, why? I mean, absolutely. Well, I, look, I look, because it's it, it, like in a business sense, uh, longevity, sustainability, understanding the market and like cr- creating this niche role that's sustainable. Like anybody who has the savvy to create something and make it last as long as possible. Like I have to begrudgingly respect their, their, yeah. it's extremely say. hard to do. And so right. to be, to be able to do that, there is a level of respect, at least yes. for me, there is. Right. So that's like the business kind of side of the whole thing. But on the other side of it, like, I think the I think what he created was bullshit. Right. I think he created something. I respect him for creating something that's lasting, but I think that it was lasting bullshit. Right. It was like Megadelphia, Neg- you know, I mean, he made his entire career off of calling other people morons and, nitwits and and dopes and stuff like that doing like the loud loud mouth thing you know so that's why i don't and like he's got an agenda against the sixers like the eagles can do no wrong and it's just like that combined with like being down at the sixers um you know press conferences for the couple years i was doing it like the grandstanding of like having to go up there sit in the front talk over other people get your questions in and then you go walk around to the court and you talk to people and then you fuck off and leave before the game like even starts and that's the stuff that, that bothered me. You know, I mean, I don't I don't have to be combative with anybody, but I think when there's stuff that you do that's fraudulent, then I think you should be call, called on it. You know, I mean, it's not like we don't rip Howard because we need like like clicks or we're trying to be like mean spirited or anything like that. Like, I truly believe he's a fraud. But uh, if, so. if H- Hanson is still touring after 30 some years, do I have to respect Hanson? <laughs> do I have to respect the Backstreet Boys for touring after 30 years? Like, you can, you, you, can, you can hate the Backstreet Boys music, but isn't there part of you begrudgingly that says like, hey, 30 years doing this for 30 years is pretty impressive. No, I think people are idiots. I think it's <laughs> I think it's going to the lowest common denominator of Philadelphia. And I think there's so much lower common denominators in Philadelphia. I have a lot of research in this. I do walk around Jetro. I love those people in Jetro. I love those people in K-Lot and all that stuff. These are people who are my fans and everything. But like, I think you could, I think that's easy. I think it's easy to play to that. I think it's so easy to just call people up and, and get the phones going and everything and just really start, you know, really, you know, rising tensions because you think like Gabe Kapler's curveball machine is stupid or his analytics are dumb. I think that's, I, I, I think, there's 6 billion people in this world. 300 million are in, you know, the United States, 2 million are in Philadelphia alone. Like, I don't know, man. Like, let me you, ask you, you're this. playing the odds pretty, pretty good. Let me, let me ask you this. this let me ask you this way. Uh, Ford, I'm an idiot, man. I'll, I'll be the first one to, to agree, agree with you. I, I am a, a stupid idiot. Doesn't mean I have to respect. I can't believe I'm being, I'm being called an idiot for not knowing who Jackson Pollock is. No, well, that's fine. Being called an idiot. Um, anyway, I would ask you this. So let's reverse it. Uh, there's a lot of people who don't like crossing broad, don't like what we do. It's fine. No problem. If we end up doing this, like if we are blessed to be able to do this for another 15 years and I have a 30 year career in Philadelphia sports media, but people don't like my writing or don't like what I do, would they begrudgingly say, Hey, I thought Kincaid was shit, but I mean, he made this work for 30 years. Like at least I respect that part of it. I mean, is that like a realistic thing to to go to, or do people think that what we did was bullshit the whole the entire way? You know, I kind of look at the same way I look at Angelo Gattaldi and Howard Eskin. And be like, I, I know people aren't, you know, I'm going to be doing this for 15, 20 years, and people are going to be like, just retire already, loser. Like your 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 time is over. You're irrelevant. Like, like well, I, I think, I, you I get think to the point where you hurt you. I think you get to the point where you start to hurt your own legacy too. You know, yeah, I mean, like the Howard, the Howard, and Howard the irrelevant. The Howard and the Angelo of the '90s. In the early 2000s, we're not the Howard and Angelo that like a younger portion of Philly sports fans. No, I mean at one point Angelo Cataldi was a was a pretty good journalist for the Inquirer who had like mm-hmm. a master's degree from freaking Columbia. Yeah. 
right? So he's not dumb. Like, so that's what I'm saying when I go back and do that stuff. I'm like, this guy's intelligent. He created something. I think his creation was bullshit, but I respect the fact that he was. Able yeah, to do it I, I think that's what, that's that's also for me. I, I respect the creation of it, because even though you're right, I think some of the things are like low hanging fruit, Kyle, that they're they're kind of picking at here. But still to, to create the show that Angela did, I thought was extremely difficult to do. You know, if it was that easy, everybody could do it. I, I don't know if I would. You know, I'm confident in what I do. I think I'm a I'm a really good sports radio host and it'd be really difficult to do a show that he did. So I, I respect the creation, even though it's not my flavor, not my brand. Like I love Colin Coward. I also think his takes are really dumb and they're there for a reason. And he's just trying to make, you know, the Philadelphia fan base mad, stuff like that. But I can't I can't do a monologue the same way that. Uh, Colin Cowherd can, yes, or could. I can't debate yes, or entertain the way Stephen A. could. Yes, you know, it's could. just there's there's I, there's I think millions, it's a lot there I mean, there's there's guys that, of people that can do what Coward does and Cataldi does. A lot of it just comes down to just doing it. There's a laziness factor into it. There's a there's a self esteem factor into it. It's not just that these people are are talented, in my opinion. It's I think a lot of people are like, well, I rather I rather go, you know, work my nine to five insurance job. Then go out on the radio, give a take, and just get shit on by everybody on Twitter. <laughs> I just think like our our philosophy is like if you read Crossing Broad ten years ago, you know, Crossing Broad was a lot more combative than it is now. I mean, people can say what they want to say about us, but we don't go after like fifteen percent of the people that Kyle used to go after. Kyle used to crush the the f- flyers writers like every day, and the radio war stuff got pretty like intense there for for a bit. And so our like ground rules is like, I mean, you can corroborate this, man. Like I don't, we don't have any kind of like plan of like who we're gonna go after and who we're not gonna go after. It's just sort of like if we see something that we think is kind of fraudulent and disingenuous and like inauthentic, then we'll call it, uh, you know, and we'll call it out, right? Because um, I think you can be whatever you want to be in Philadelphia sports, but just don't be a phony. You know what I'm saying? And I felt phoniness coming from coming from both of those guys. Yeah. I can respect what but they it, built and and you know say, hey, it takes a lot to do that and to create that brand and to sustain it for a long time. But it, more than one thing can be true. And I think that brand was kind of flimsy, you know. But it it, it worked for them. They built 30 plus year careers being a phony. Like you have to be comfortable with being right. a phony, which is which, which I, don't well, I could never do it. I could never do I could never do like hot takes, right? I could never do what some of the WIP guys go because I I would like uh, you know, I'd have this career in the shore house and stuff. And then I'd look back and be like, well, <clears throat> this was built on like bullshit. Yeah. So that doesn't, that's <laughs> yeah. not, that's not talent to me. That's not like selling, it sounds like you're selling out. It sounds like you're selling out. Cause when these, these newspaper guys, some of these newspaper guys <clears throat> got into radio, they were like journalists to begin with, you know? And like, I love radio. There's a lot of guys who do the straightforward radio and do a great job of it, you know, but there's, there's this, this, this thing kind of pulling you where it's like, I can do takes, you know, I can grab the low hanging fruit, you know, and you do it and you're good at it. So be it. You know, but if you don't and you succeed with that, then I probably have more respect for that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I think that's where you draw the draw the line. You know, I don't think like the, the gambler guys don't do the take shit. Um, say what you will about Miss Anelli and his various transgressions. But Mike didn't go on the radio and say, um, I would undo Carson Wentz's contract. Like he wasn't doing shit like that. Um, that's that's always been more of a WIP kind of thing. But I'm interested to see where that goes because Spike's not there anymore. And, you know, with, with like Rod Lakin in charge, I don't know if they, I don't know if, if at some point you see maybe a shift away from that or maybe the pendulum swings back the other way. I don't, I'm not sure. You know? We were just, we, were, we, we just wanted to put, well, they just wanted to put Trey Turner on a plane two, two months into his contract. I don't think it's really going any, any. <laughs> well, you got so mad. You got so mad. I've never seen you as fired up as you were when you uh, went after Julia. I can understand why you would. It's, it's, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing I can't do. And that's why I don't respect Howard Eskin. I don't respect Angelo Cataldi because like you're a phony. You're yeah, a phony. And I, like, I, I get I, that. It, I it's don't a tough think that's talent. for me because I, I want to, I want to engage in, in those conversations because Trey Turner, when he was struggling was the number one conversation. Like that's something we had to talk about, but I think, I don't know. Is there any room for nuance in Philly? I don't, I don't know if there is because radio in Philly, at least yeah. from what I've experienced so far, it is different than anywhere else. It's just vastly different. And so I think the audience engages with some of that stuff a little bit more, but I don't know if there's room for a nuanced take or something that has layers to it. You know, I don't, I don't know if those conversations can be had on radio. Well, I hope you're ready just because 
it's what we're attuned to, just what we've are used to for the past 20, 30 years. I mean, the nuance king is is sitting to to in the blue right here. I mean, he is he is the <laughs> ultimate middleman. That, dude, look at you working up a sweat. I love that, it's man. Insane. I'm getting worked up here. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you about radio and media, and he starts breaking out into a sweat. I love it. I, no, I mean, Kev's the nuance king. I mean, he yeah. he and and a lot of times he's he's right. Like he's he's like this could be true, and then this could also be true, and we make fun of him. But you know what? He's probably right at the end of the day that more things are can be both true than they can be just one side fits all. It's, and it's not just a sports thing, too. I mean, like just in casual conversation, you sit there talking politics with somebody, hopefully not at the dinner table, but like somebody in your family who's like, <clears throat> I don't know, pick whatever divide issue we're divided about right now. I mean. You they they glue themselves to these talking points that you see on television or mm -hmm. on Twitter or whatever that the blue checks are throwing out there, and I, I'm willing to bet that like 90% of America does not subscribe to either one of those things. You know what I mean? They're probably somewhere in the middle where they probably look at it a little bit differently and think they will take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, so I think it's like a battle that we're just all kind of fighting in general to to kind of say like. Let's just like slow it down here and put these things into consideration. I, in a way, nuance is almost like the hot take because nobody's doing it. You know, right? Well, the hot, hot take is to be offensive, or you know, Rush, Rush, Joy, Rush Joy is like rolling in, like rolling his eyes right now, like asking me to take a side on something. <laughs> but I think not taking. A yeah, side. I, I think you're right. That's it's also a, a national thing because even this is what happened with Levitard and, and Stephen A. Smith. They got mad at each other because Levitard said you ruined sports television. Yeah, they're still. So he, he literally, right? He said to Stephen A.'s face, "You have ruined sports television and the future of it." And you know, Stephen A. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith obviously took offense to it, and he's you know built this big empire. But yeah, it's it's gone. It's the pendulum pendulum has swung in such a favor of hot takes that yeah. I don't know if there is room for something like even I think the Levitard showed this well, but there's not many of those that does things the way they do it. Kyle, do you respect Stephen A. Smith? No. I I I respect him in terms of being able to get ev up every day and be entertaining. I respect yeah. him as an entertainer. I do not respect his sports takes. I do not. I would say 25% of me respects him being an entertainer. 75% of me. It, I, if I saw Stephen A, I wouldn't even stop walking because I yeah, just, and that's I, he actually gets in trouble because of that. I think you're right. I look at Stephen A as an entertainer now, but he used to be, you know, on beats, basketball reporter. And when he tries to do that, that's where he gets in trouble. That's mm -hmm. when he's trying to report. He heard from uh, Lonzo Ball's doctors that the knee isn't going well, and then mm -hmm. it was Lonzo's like, "You're you're absolutely wrong." So when he tries to step back in the reporter's shoes, like he doesn't know when that's cross-pollinating and when that goes awry because that's yeah. what happened in the Lonzo Ball situation and it's happened over and over and over again for Stephen A. He still thinks of himself was, as both, but he can't do both. WFAM was having issues with that too because I think like the, the other week uh, uh, Tiki, Tiki Barber came out and Tried said to throw out a report. Yeah. Robert Sala, you know, it's like, I will say the one thing about Fanatic and the Gambler and um, WIP is that you guys don't, you guys pretty firmly like stay in that lane of like, we're going to talk on the radio. Like you guys aren't trying to break stories or, or, or anything like that. Uh, quite, and honestly, I think the last two times WIP tried to do it was when Carton, Craig Carton got sued for the Eric Lindros thing. What do you say? You guys don't remember. That was in the nineties. He, I think Craig Carton said something like um, that. Eric Lindros didn't show up to practice the next day. Cause he was like drunk and hung over <laughs> or something like that. And that they sued the shit out of him. Yeah. I think there was another thing with Howard in there too, with Allen Iverson. I want to say there was another lawsuit like that. So I think I think it's like I think the radio guys pretty firmly like stay away from doing that kind of stuff. I was surprised that Tiki did that because I don't think that's nat naturally yeah. in their wheel. Their wheel. No. Isn't that this ironic thing to put a bow on this about uh, Howard calling us useless? Because like the reason why they don't do these secondary and tertiary reports anymore is because of the advent of the internet the advent of blogs like us, the advent of social media, where we can go right there and disprove everything we want in the matter of seconds. So like when he calls us useless, he's actually the one that's become useless, ironic enough. <laughs> I, it's just, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is funny because we just, I, I always look at it as like, it's my final point on this subject. I, I look at like the collective, like Philadelphia sports, like ecosystem, right? All the television stations, all the beats, all the radio guys, the blogs like us or whatever. And like, you know, is the ecosystem healthy or is there like kind of like a like a invasive plant or some shit in there? Right. I think Howard and Angelo were like this invasive plant because they brought this like Negadelphia kind of like knee jerk emotional shit to it. And I felt like it just didn't really 
vibe with where the city was going, at least over the last five to 10 years. I mean, look at like the Trey Turner ovation and, and, and all that stuff and the Ben Simmons stuff. I mean, so they're what they did 25 years ago just doesn't really vibe with kind of where things are now, you know, so maybe their brand was was better and made more sense back then. But I think you remove that from the ecosystem. I think the ecosystem becomes healthier. I think you have good conversation like this one. I think you bring some nuance into it. You know what I mean? I think there's more respect between people on Twitter and just seeing people at games and stuff like that. You know, I think it's less, less, you know, it'll, it'll never work because am I going to share your nuanced blog about Trey Turner or am I going to share Joe Giglio wanting to pack his bags in two months? Because you're going to get angry at it and you're going to share it. You're going to quote tweet it. Why you're angry at it. All that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, cause I see, but you know, and I see like a lot of pushback on that kind of stuff. You know, and it um, matter. I mean, so it's still they, they still get the ratings. They're still number one in the city. They're still getting the views. They're still getting all this stuff. Yeah, maybe maybe our maybe my generation and, and, and John's generation, the younger generation, they're not going to care about that stuff. And they're going to find YouTube yeah. and they're going to find podcasts and stuff, which I think a lot of them are. But the numbers yeah. just aren't there because the 35 and, to mind too. like people got to remember when I do those ratings posts for the site. I mean, we're using one demographic specifically. It's men 25 to 54. So, I mean, there, there's a reason they're not giving you 18 to 34, right? Because number one, they don't have any disposable income. And number two, because their habits, their their listener habits are different, you know? So I, I do think like WIP, talking about WIP specifically, I do think that's a more of an aging demographic. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how like the Joe and Elliot stuff um, percolates over the next like two to three years to see like if a, if a younger generation of Philly sports fans kind of you know, ride with it or, or, or not, you know, yeah. that was good. That was a good discussion. Kind of Nuanced discussion. So it's going to be your least viewed stuff. video of the week. Ford appreciates us. I think he was, uh, <laughs> the guy, did you shake your head? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can't even put this on the site. It's too fucking nuanced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need to do something that'll get clicks. Let's whip I'm up. Just the ratings black hole here. That's yeah, why do you think I, mean. I asked about uh, Bryce Harper being a top 15 athlete in Philadelphia? I know what I know it's going to be a TikTok clip later on tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Craig already has that. Your, your yeah, producer yeah. already has no, that. No, he you got bread and butter. His, you gotta, his quarter you of a million. His quarter yeah. of a million. It doesn't include editing. So, oh, so the TikTok produce. stuff's below him. Okay. That's, that's he's, he's here to put his hipster friends on uh, gambling <laughs> uh, promos <laughs> and put them on the site. <laughs> that's his job and produce this for two hours a uh, two hours a uh yeah. a week i'm gonna put out a poll question on the site saying that pagan and jansen had no idea who jackson pollock uh was should they have oh. known who that person it's is the show very, that that's our content from the show very oh, famous i do that terrible look at that. <laughs> look at that face very famous painter like a top five like like uh no not a top five painter kev Van Gogh, Van Gogh, Da Vinci, Picasso, Salvador Dali. I mean, yeah, all the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got to be in the top five. Pollock, get the fuck. Great movie, by the way. Pollock being top five. You got Pollock in your top five, bro. I swear that's a name of that's a name of a baseball player. I know AJ Pollock is a baseball player. Yes, he's a big Jackson. Yeah, Yeah. he actually might be the the old old shit. I'm talking modern, modern day. You know. Oh, oh, okay. So we're just gonna gloss over impressionism. Jackson Pollock over Picasso's blue period. What about about Edward? Edward that too. What about you? Have a secret art art background there, Pagan? I got in trouble when I was in grade school. I had to write a 15 page paper. I I couldn't go to uh, any of my extracurricular classes because I was a bad kid. So I had to write four different 15 page papers, and one of them was on the impressionism impressionism era. What grade school did you go to? I went to Catholic school. Oh, I was a bad kid. I did too. I've never had to to write a fifteen page paper in grade school. Fifteen pages on the history of the Olympics. I had to do fifteen pages on impressionism art, uh, something with music, and then I think Spanish class. Yeah, cotillion. Um, not cotillion. Um, that's incredible. Spain back in the day. Um, yeah, I wasn't a good kid. I was a bad kid in grade school. Yeah, I think the first fifteen page paper I wrote was in college. I, yeah. I think I, I didn't do any of that stuff. Good I ended up getting like maybe nine on each of them. And the principal was just like, I'm just Fine. shocked that you even got the nine. So, <laughs> um, so anyway, Fantastic. but look at me now. I learned a lot about you today. Peggy. Look at me now. I'm a clown. <laughs> so you, got, you guys got anything else? I'm trying to. Oh, um, 
I'm not worried about Sipos. I've got to come around on Sipos. Real quick. I, I don't think they need a razor. I don't think they need the headache. Is it a razor? I thought it was a riser. A riser. I need Nicole. to be journalistic here. I need to be professional, um, Kyle. He still I, thinks I, the guy's I, name is Nicobe Dean. So. <laughs> Do I get to say my point, or are we just? I want to talk about. The, I want to talk punters right now. You want to talk right? punters? Yeah, I want to talk punters. End the show. Uh, fuck you with Jackson Pollock, top five artist of all time. <laughs> anyway, completely hijacked the show. I just don't think this offense is so strong that they need to turn over the field that much. So it's not really worth, you know, all the headaches and everything. He's a punter. He's not a fucking defensive tackle or a quarterback getting out of no, jail. You don't, you don't need to worry about punting. If it really becomes a problem, just get some veteran. He scored 30 some points in the Super Bowl, but still had a punt bite him, bite him in the ass. You know, Kyle's like a typical Philly sports fan. He's got the memory span of a goldfish. You know, punting <laughs> I mean, doesn't matter. You got bit on the ass by a bad punt in the Super Bowl. There were punting. There was defensive liabilities. There was a fumble by Jalen Hurts. There yeah, was Nick Sirianni right not going oh, for yeah, the, right not going for it on uh, on fourth down and deciding to kick the field goal. But I Gannon think, was the only reason why they lost. That's the, the only reason. Up. Get the fuck Q, out. Of here. Q Gannon. It wasn't I, any of those issues. It wasn't turnovers. It wasn't bad field position that you're giving up to Kansas City. None of that was the reason. Did you see? Did you see Capadia's uh, clip about how he's like, "I want to get in front of this before anyone else uh, no. does." And I'm telling you, like, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the one to do it. I'm going to be the one that says, "Yeah, Jonathan Gannon's defense was that." We should have clipped it before he. I clipped told it. you so. Yeah. I told you so. No. Starts seven to zero. I brought that up last week. I should have I should have claimed it like the Trey Turner standing ovation thing because now people are going to think that Shield was uh, had. It's wild to me that Gannon is the one that gets the blame for stopping an offense that nobody in the entire season stopped once. Stop, no. I think Indianapolis stopped them and they did well, but that's one game. By the time they got to the Super Bowl, Kansas City was the the best offense in the league at that point. Yeah. But I'm told that he wasn't being better for the Eagles, but I'm told that he didn't do any planning for the Super Bowl because he was looking on Zillow uh, for his next house in. Yeah, I don't think the the extra five minutes of planning was going to stop the greatest quarterback I've ever seen in my life in Patrick Mahomes. And, play and Andy Reid, too. And play you have the most yeah. innovative offensive yeah. play caller almost of all time with one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen of all time, and everybody's like, well, why didn't Gannon stop that? I don't know. This Did anybody? Nobody, this is what nobody fucking says. Okay, say he like say they lined up in the same way they did on that touchdown. What if he didn't roll the safety and instead they just ran, they played man-to-man on that? Well, what if Andy Reid decided to just stay with the original play instead of doing the backdoor? Like, it's a, it's a guessing game anyway. He could watch all the film in the world, and you still got to guess yeah. at what the offense is going to do. So, uh, all right. Anyway. Five years from now. We're still going to be arguing. Was it Gannon's? My entire shirt is going to be sweaty. <laughs> Let's see the pits. That's a dark blue shirt now. <laughs> Let's see the pits. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Instead of pit checks, we got to do a pit check by the end of the show. With yeah, uh, fired up. Yeah, I'm like uh, the I'm like the Arizona basketball coach on the sidelines. Was oh, his entire God. shirt? Yeah, Miller. Like, well, yeah. yeah, his entire That's shirt cool. was soaked in like the first first half or something. So, oh man, right. okay. Good, good luck this weekend, man. Good luck this weekend with the uh, against against the Nittany Lions. Oh, we're gonna get our asses kicked. Oh, I know. I have a fan here. I should just turn the fan on. What's up, Branson? Um, all right. Thank you, everybody. I'm gonna go. Uh, I gotta be honest with you. I really, I really gotta, I gotta take a piss too. I'm gonna see. <laughs> right. Kev, thank you, Johnny. We appreciate you coming on, man. We'll uh, we'll Thanks get together another six months, and we need a long reliever. Thank you. I'll always be there. I'll be All there. Right, buddy. Guys, thanks for everyone listening. Have a great weekend. Talk to you.